guys and welcome back to another episode with the nursing handover and you've got your cool kids you've got me jerry and you've got and we've also got diane here yeah welcome to episode 10 can't believe it's with 10 episodes in i know baby steps um, we're getting there i'm happy i'm happy yeah i like to think episode one we're kind of like in the height of covid things were quite unknown we were still trying to find our way yeah Um, now we're seeing life I guess adapt to this new normal yeah it's been such a long time despite the hiatus and everything else to think that we've now outlived corona for now yeah and we're now on the other end you know as we see lockdown the lockdown restrictions reduce we're coming down that Nando's chili pepper thing yeah (laughs) so it looks like things are on the up but look thinking about now and looking back at corona what it was at the beginning to where we are now i think we've come a very long way yeah from like the initial moments of lockdown and you know everyone being stuck at home apart from us you know the healthcare professionals having to go out and be the hero inverted commas to now that people are returning back to work little by little and we're seeing shops open amusement parks and normal leisure activities begin to open where do we go from here yeah i kind of feel like there's still a few fears and worries which i guess are expected and i think what i find so funny is that when lockdown was implemented people struggled to stay in and now that we're easing it people just don't want to go anywhere yeah do you blame them like the opposite impact in that way like you want people to stay in before and they couldn't and now yeah. people are being encouraged to t- return to normal as much as they can and now they don't want to yeah it's such a big difference i can't lie during this season it's like i've become more of a homebody like nothing's open so you just learn to do things with what you can for yourself you find Indeed. ways to entertain yourself, find ways to keep find ways to keep yourself sane. Think about it, like everyone turned into bakers and all sorts on Instagram. Mate, banana bread was the the bread <laughs> the bread of corona. Jesus. Tell me about it. But no, like we're just gonna have to adapt to this new normal. I just hope somehow, some way, like the hospital settings begin to go slightly back to normal. I'm not saying, you know, filled up with random visitors or anything like that, but, you know, like family members can go and visit relatives and little yeah. by little, because it must be so lonely. Yeah, I mean, like, working in women and children's environment, you know, the fact that women, some some hospital trusts, women are delivering by themselves. Yeah, which I think is shocking. Or, they're having to like give birth and when they go to the postnatal ward they have to be there alone so i kind of feel like the impact that's having on on mothers and families is really is really it's a lot and it's gonna last a while you know if that's yeah. a new time in your life it's new emotions it's new feelings and having to be made vulnerable so quickly i think yeah. is so unfair and so hard and especially if you're opening pubs and you're opening bars I don't see why you can't allow a mother and father to be together during the most important time of their life and their child's life. Definitely. We can only hope that, you know, sometime soon they, they think back to this and decide like, yeah, you know what, we can now 
have a few more people inside obviously for example like my A&E settings it's probably been a lot better knowing that you haven't got any visitors any extra people and like if you're if if you're bringing a child to A&E it's usually just like one parent and the child but Mm. in that sense it's been a lot better and I kind of hope that sticks but I'm with you like it must be so difficult it's such a vulnerable time in people's lives for them to be solely alone it's just so hard because as you said like we on my unit obviously I work in a NICU parents usually visit together and we've obviously restricted it to one parent and I must say a lot of us are thinking how did we cope with two of them at the bedside at the same time Mm. how did we manage their emotions how did we manage their expectations how did we manage their questions definitely a fear of when it does go back to two of them do you think it's ever gonna happen it will i think it will go back because we on our unit are now trialing this method where parents can visit together like that's a lot different to look that's pretty good so then they're not just there constantly all day 24 7 yeah so you have like i think they get like two hours where they can both be there together with the baby that's nice which is, which is it's nice sometimes <laughs> but it just depends on the time that they're there yeah like honestly it's nice sometimes but the times when they're there and you just think i need to get stuff done and yeah. you can't get stuff done because they're there and anybody that like works in pediatric or adult or anybody that's in a job that is like customer focused or patient people focused mm. when somebody's there they need your attention yeah you can't ignore them and i know and i'm and don't take me wrong i'm not saying ignore them as in that i'm just gonna like blank you i mean I can't focus on other things when you're sat in front of me because you then want to talk to me. You want to ask me questions. And I don't mind being asked questions. I welcome questions all the time. But if I need to get stuff done and I have two of two babies and I have two sets of parents, for example, mm. I'm like skating between, you almost have to peel yourself away from one set of parents to go to the other one. Yeah. Vice versa. So that can be hard. Yeah. I think that could be hard across across the buck, really. Yeah, but I mean, I can't imagine if I had my baby and it was like one visit, all that, and your family not visiting, and my mum not visiting, stuff like that. I couldn't imagine it. So I get it. I can understand what mm. they're going through. I can see how it impacts them. And being yeah. there together is better for them. So yeah, 100%. I hear you. But hopefully they take these steps slower and slower. But yeah. I think everyone's just bored. Everyone wants things to go back to somewhat, some some sense of normality, which it is, slowly but surely. But you know, when COVID two point hits, we're all going to be back down to our restrictions. There will be a COVID two point I don't know. It seems to thrive. Don't quote me on this. It seems to thrive in the cold, and as we know here, it gets cold. But I, I don't. I honestly don't know. But like we already know, like our winters are pretty bad in terms of the effects it has on the NHS. And as much as they wanted to protect that, like Corona has seen, like it just hasn't stopped. Obviously, I think now it's beginning to slow down for everyone. Things are slowly but surely going back to normal healthcare-wise. That it's just there hasn't really been much of a breather. Mm. So I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if they're... I, I, I think there might be a COVID 2.0, but, you know, we don't know what could happen. I also said 
social distancing may uh, may last until you know the next 18 months as it was stated when it when it all first kicked off but we never know and as we've seen day in day out things have been changing do you think it's going to be COVID 2.0 when the colder weather hits no no I think we'll have flu because we always have flu every winter yeah and I think it will be masked as COVID yeah I think people it will be used as oh my god it's covid and it's covid because covid is like a buzzword for me at the moment yeah everything it's, it's seems to be corona everything. and it's very difficult to know the truth and the lie yeah. it's very hard to know what's actually going on and what isn't going on if yeah. the deaths are the correct death toll if they're not the correct death toll so to me it's so very conflicting information mm. you know like we are unfortunate that in our country we've had so many deaths from it and again i'm sure that's going to be evaluated and data analyzed and processes gone through and trying to find explanations as to why what went well what didn't go well why Mm -hmm. that will be done but i just believe that it's going to become like a flu it's going to become like a norovirus I agree with you big time. I think we're going to be living with it forever now. You like can't eradicate certain diseases, you no. know. And right. I feel like it's one of those things, unless there is a vaccine, and again, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic because you can make a vaccine, but who's gonna want to take it? Do you wanna take it? I don't wanna take it. <laughs> I'm not that nobody. No. So, like so to me, it's one of those things where it's like you have to learn to live with it, but you need to be educated on how to deal with it if you think you come into contact with it if you think you do have it those are the processes that i think need to be worked on by healthcare yeah as in almost like a coronavirus stop shop like if you think you have symptoms if you don't have symptoms if you come into contact a step by step of what to do so that that way you don't have like a very big depletion in terms of lots of people are now flush running flooding the nhs again yeah and then you go back to square one of yeah to go basically lock down again restart this restart that kind of thing because like as we've seen like in places like leicester well leicester's the only place that has had that has had to be locked down again but there are questions about like london boroughs and a few other places being locked down again i just don't know how like you said i don't just don't know how this is truly going to work because this is pretty much going to be like our new flu there's going to yeah. be a different strain of corona floating around. Like, even when, when 2025 comes, we'll be on corona 2 point, I don't know, corona 24. Mate, I would say to anybody, like, listening who is very interested, I guess, in the virus and epidemiology and all that kind of stuff, is look at the Spanish flu. Because if you, if you read about the Spanish flu, it's very similar yeah the lifespan the way it infected the way people died um it's stopping and starting it's very very similar it's quite freaky how similar it is so so i feel like it's gonna follow that kind of trail saying that have you watched the film contagion is that what it's called i've heard it's just like oh my gosh it's literally like coronavirus (laughs) down to a t the way it spreads how it all came about honestly we should have learned our lesson from that film. These people know things before we know them. How <laughs> <laughs> to make a movie about something that's not even happened yet, and we end up living it. Boy, 
this is just like what the Simpson episodes where they say like all this stuff's gonna come to pass and it's been happening. Whoever writes Simpson has a direct line of God or someone because <laughs> I don't know how you know these things. I'll put them in a cartoon. And two years later fun. it happens, it comes into manifestation. It's just it's nuts. It's like a Honestly. prophecy. It's like, it's like watching a prophecy. Boy. Easy. But here we are on the other end of our corona outbreak, living 2020. We're still here, still living. What's next, man? What's well, gonna happen? Well, so talking about our new normal, our new normal. Mm. Um, anybody who's not a UK listener, we now have this policy in place where you need to wear a mask everywhere. Everywhere, so public, everywhere public. Um, I think anywhere where you can't socially distance, I think, yeah. basically, you need to be wearing a mask. And it's raised a lot of questions, you know, in the sense that you have a lot of people saying, well, we didn't wear one for three months when the virus was rife, and now you want us to wear one. Mm. One. Number two, the element of does it really work? Does masks wearing really work? Yeah. Um, so, personally, my, my opinion on masks. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with them in the sense of, I understand the idea behind it, the logic. Mm-hmm. Wear a mask, your nose and mouth is protected. If, you know, and you're going to not, I guess, infect or be infected in that area of area whatever yeah and my worry with a mask is you need to wear them correctly to begin with say it loud and say it again for the people in the back diane and i feel like in our in our like first two episodes especially when we talked heavily about coronavirus that was a big thing that we talked about which was the wearing of masks and the incorrect way of wearing them in fact people needed mask education yeah right now, as we can see, like anything, once people jump on something, it becomes a money-making thing. So yeah. now it's that everyone's in the business of making masks, of creating masks, of selling them. So it's, it's now become, you know, a business to yeah. make those and sell them. But no one is educating people how to actually wear them. No. I would like to know if any companies who are actually selling masks actually put in their packaging how to wear them, how to wash them, how to maintain them, what to do and what not to do. Because honestly, as somebody who wears a mask for 12 hours a day and at night, bar my break, trust me, you should be wearing the mask properly for it to be effective. Otherwise, it is pointless. And do you know what? Following on from what you're saying, Diane, and I think it's not just about, you know, keeping it on for the two minutes that, you know, you're going to be in public. It's properly wearing it not touching all the other hy- that hygiene things and also associated with it it's all good and well wearing a mask but having your nose out it's not doing anything for anyone no and don't get me wrong like we're in a hospital setting we're wearing it pretty much 12 12 hours a day and more yeah yeah and like you don't see us constantly touching it don't get me wrong like we all get hot and bothered and you have to use your own sense for when you need a breather no one's gonna shoot you for deciding to take it off for some fresh air it happens Mm. but 
I, 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 this is like my biggest struggle because I've, I've now got to the point that even when I go shopping in Audi, I'm telling the people behind the till you're wearing your mask wrong, and they're having to go at me. Obviously, I'm not the best. I'm not like you know the best person. I'm not the favorite person of the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I'm not trying to. Be. But the thing is, yeah, we 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 are nurses, and it's also our job to promote and to educate, especially if you're trying to educate people to protect themselves and other people. If yeah. you're in a public place carrying out a public service and you have a mask on and you're wearing it wrong, you're endangering me and you're endangering yourself. If the but whole premise behind it is to protect you and me, then you're wearing, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like unless people call out people, unless people educate people, then what's the point of wearing it? You know, as Gigi said, how many times do you see somebody put the mask on their nose, put it on their chin, lift it again, hold it just under their nose, and you think, so why are you wearing it? Honestly, there was one day I was driving to work and there was this cyclist who was wearing a face mask who was also smoking. Mate. Like, you're going to catch, you're going to catch your face on fire. Wonder shall never see. So he wants to smoke and then <laughs> put all of that smoky breath and hold it in his mouth with a mask and choke on it and then cycle. And then you but think like, that, you know, you know, hmm. like, what's that? What's and then you think it's going to be safe for you to be taking off your mask all willy-nilly and having a cigarette? I don't think so. It defeats the whole purpose, really. Me. Like, what's that going to do for anyone? What's that going to do for you? Absolutely nothing. So, boy, yeah, boy. it's ridiculous. I mean, even uh, the thing that always makes me laugh, maybe I shouldn't laugh, when people are in their own car and they're wearing a mask, <laughs> own car will you like, take it and go shower yourself in your, will, will you wear it in your own shower I keep staring at them and thinking are they okay do they think their car's dirty are they dirty Boy, don't, don't get me wrong I understand an Uber driver or a cab driver because they have to that's fair that's but yeah. I'm sorry you other people yes I'm, I'm calling all of you out you others you are now wearing masks to drive. This is your own car. You're now wearing gloves and a mask for what? If anything, you're you're most likely sharing the sharing Corona and God knows what else here and there and everywhere. Why would you? To me, what the NHS chief executive should do is a campaign on public health, how to keep clean. And mm-hmm. how to protect yourself the proper way that's what they need to do because if you if you want something to happen you need to teach people how to do it people are not are not all all the way there we know people, will, people will follow fashion so they'll all wear a mask because they say you should wear a mask yeah but ask, ask the person how many times they've worn that mask today and how many times have they washed it if it's a reusable one that you can wash every day once your day's over have you washed it before coming to bring it out again tomorrow. And if you're using a surgical mask, you know, the blue ones, you know, really, truly, they're only supposed to last like 20 minutes or something like that. Right. We, we share them between, we know we don't share them. We change them in between all our patients. But this is the same one you want to pull out your pocket at the end of the day to wear to travel home. I don't think so. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the education behind it is poor. It's so poor. And if to me, it's like a band aid. It's like give them something to do. 
to make them yeah. feel like they're protected. But behind the scenes of it, nah. The, it's not been it's not been well supported. No, which is why I feel like you have a lot of mask police and people going on saying, Oh, they're not wearing a mask or people are irresponsible for not wearing a mask and you need to wear a mask. Now, from a pers- for me personally, I wear one at work for 12 hours, which is why I don't like wearing one when I'm outside because I feel like I spend half the time with my mouth covered. Yeah. And that's my rationale. I think if anyone ever approached me and asked me why I'm not wearing one, that's what I would say. But like, I'm a nurse. I wore it for 12 hours. I don't want to wear one outside. And someone might listen to this and think you're irresponsible. You shouldn't be saying, you shouldn't say that. But I'm not going to lie. I'm not here to lie. This is We're here to give you the real. And that mm-hmm. is the real. I don't like wearing one. Say I it understand. Again. Say it yeah, like, I, like, I understand why people feel they want to wear one and they feel more protected in wearing one. But the unpredictability of findings of studies of information who is to say that next week they're going to come out and say we've actually found a study that says masks don't do anything say it again loud and clear for the people in the back do you know what i mean like you you just don't know and i kind of feel like what people need to do is don't judge people no don't judge anyone just look after yourself and protect yourself and be safe for you People can make their own choices and do what they see fit and what is appropriate. And that's that. Just do what you need to do to protect yourself. There's no point you being nosy and going to go and look into other people's business when you should be protecting yourself. If you keep yourself to yourself, you will stay corona-free where possible. Exactly. But talking about corona, Mm -hmm. students, if you have yeah. been if you have been listening to us for our last few episodes, you'd know that we've been having a student a student focused episode. And as you've all probably seen in the news, they have decided to stop the funding for the for the opted in student nurses that have opted in to work during Corona. So for the time being, if I'm correct, they will they will remain in their employment up until the end of July. And then from July, they'll be on like, you know, their normal summer holidays. But it's such a shame that people have had to, people have like given up their jobs and all sorts, because as they were told that this is going to be a thing for, that this placement or this position would have been there until their pins come through, which is quite mad, but it's like, Okay, yes, we've got you to all come and help, but, you know, we're slyly just going to take the rug from under your feet, which I think is quite pants. Like, I know a lot of people have their own feelings towards this. One, whether the student nurses should be paid at all. Yeah. But I can't lie. Like, we've gone through something that we we ourselves have never lived through. It has been pretty traumatic, mm-hmm. not just for nurses, doctors, other healthcare professionals, everyone in the hospital setting. But also the students, like some of them were literally just thrown into the fire and have taken it in their stride and done what they need to do, needed to do for society. And what mm. this is how we're going to repay them. I'm telling you. Honestly, I mean, it's beyond shocking. Do you know what? I think, like Gigi said, we talked about a lot with our lovely guest students that have been on. And if you saw our post, you know, why is it, as usual, nursing as a profession has to be fought for in society to be seen as important? 
yeah you know why and how do you think as a student nurse how they must be feeling thinking gosh we're not even qualified yet and we're still we're having to fight for what is our oath to us you know yeah. they sacrifice their learning they sacrifice their structured program to come and help an nhs that was crippled by this government and then being told that we're going to chop you early and chop your pay come on now honestly like i've got a few friends who are third years about to qualify and it's been a very difficult time for them like if most of them have, have opted in and obviously that's entirely their choice i would never say to anyone whether to opt in or not that's entirely up to you they've opted in given up like i like i just said they've given up part-time jobs and like other things they were doing on the side because this is what was promised and it's like where do you go from here i know some trusts do have a fund to continue the students no they do have a fund for the students to continue working up until their pins come through but it's not everywhere and obviously i'm not going to sit here and act like i know everyone's situation but i just think it's such a bummer that this has happened obviously none of us could have predicted corona no but it's here now we're living it we're doing the best that we can and we're trying to get back to somewhat normal I just think it's such a shame that, you know, the government have really done us dirty. Like, they don't do us dirty all the time. This, I think, is definitely a kick in the teeth. It's just... Just shocking. Is it shocking? Why am I acting like I'm shocked? Like, this is our government. I'm not going to start talking about our government because, you know, that's a whole different kind of worms. And that is not the podcast that we're here to do. Boris and his mates but you know Boris and his mates can live comfortably with their 10k increase whereas we're still here fighting for you know normality still fighting for what what is owed to us but you know it is the way the cookie crumbles sadly it is yes this will be how it will last for a while I think so but I think that nurses student nurses who are now coming who will come to the end of their placement i think it will be end of july yeah 31st yeah. it's definitely do a reflection definitely and keep that reflection especially when you eventually meet up with your academic support staff so like your personal tutors your lecturers and um, and i think if you can debrief with the people that you're close to who are like your nursing friends yeah like how you felt what it was like to, to be like you're qualified because you basically almost were like you were qualified nurses yeah um, and just what went right what went wrong and what you've learned and what how you're going to take that experience into the next step of your of your learning of your journey definitely definitely but if you if people do want to hear back to what our lovely students have had to say and their own experiences during corona please listen back to episode eight and nine featuring Zainab, Florence and Abby to find out what their own experiences have been mm-hmm. throughout this time. And before I forget, happy birthday to the NH. Wow, that was quite fresh. NHS. <laughs> NHS. I'm not going to be out here singing happy birthday because, you know, you all might leave and never come back to our podcast and I don't <laughs> want that to happen. But, you know, the big NHS reached the big 72 mm-hmm. and 
despite how people feel about it, I'm, I'm very grateful that we even have it. Yes. Because only God knows what we would have done during this time without it. We would have probably been like the States. And yes. that's that that itself is a whole number can of worms. Yeah. But you know, 72 years with the NHS. Yeah, so like anyone that is not from the UK, so NHS stands for the National Health Service, and that is our service in the UK, and it is basically free. So mm. when you show up when you're unwell, present to accident and emergency, go and see a doctor, a nurse, a physiotherapist, occupational therapist, a speech and language therapist, any kind of health service, you yeah. don't pay any upfront cost. No. Um, we kind of recover payment for our taxes. You yeah. don't really, you don't physically see your pay going in, but yeah. you contribute to it as a working person. Definitely. Um, and the one thing I would add is, if you ever happen to be in the UK and you know you do fall ill and you're not from the UK, uh, emergency services they are free. However, if you end up being admitted at all, you will have to pay for your for your, the services you have used. Look at Gigi, just put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the last thing I want is people to come over and end up with a giant bill like I did in the states. I Here can't even go. talk about that because that's what I'm saying, guys. Is make sure you have travel insurance. Anywho, back to regular programming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we're so lucky to have the National Health Service, which is why you will find that many healthcare professionals that you come across on social media, um, we're very protective of our service because yeah. we know how lucky and blessed we are to have so many professional, knowledgeable, knowledgeable educated professionals in our service giving the best care ever yes, definitely and the fact that no one has to come and pay for this yeah you know it's amazing it is so amazing and it's a shame that you know the government have wanted to change it and, and privatize it but you know but we stand together we all stand united to fight for what is right which we, we do need our national health service and mm. we will continue to have it as long as you know everyone does what they need to yeah it's just such a great thing i don't know where we'd be to think like we have we are about to turn five in our nursing journey no at that time my life is really bad but the nhs would have been wow i was gonna say something really off we would have been 67 yes i want to say yeah 67 Wow, yeah. my, my maths was way off. How embarrassing. Um, to see how it's even changed in the last five years yeah. and how we've grown in like, our nursing career. Mm-hmm. We were little, little weenie babies and now we're still little weenie babies. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's, and the funny part is that even in the five years that we've been officially part of the NHS, it's changed and it still changes yeah. and it evolves and they create more positions and there's more opportunities and more amazing things happen and research and study. It's an, an, an evolving service. And my, I add that like, one of the biggest employers in the world, the NHS is one of yes. the biggest. Yes, you can say that again. So, you know, 
we love our NHS. We want to keep it. Yeah. I will scream and shout for it all day long. Agree. I mean, I'm going to obviously be the devil's advocate here. Yeah. I mean, but I do feel like people underappreciate the NHS. Oh, of course. Big time. Big people, time. Take it, people take it for granted a lot. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes I have days when I feel like, you know what? They should build this person today. They should build them for the, the day of their child's care so they can see the breakdown of how yeah. much everything costs that they don't have to pay up front. How much the bed space costs, how much the doctor costs, how much the nurse costs, the needle, the medication, the wiring, the monitor, the medication, the linen, the laundry, the bed itself. Like, I don't think people take into account how blessed they are to have such a great service. Honestly, if you were to ever look at a receipt from a private healthcare hospital or medical facility, you're literally paying down to the tissue you've used to wipe your face after eating your sandwich. Yeah. You will scream. You will scream. It's, it's, it's not a joke. Honestly. Like, why do you want to get rid of it? people need to appreciate it a lot more than they do and I feel like people just have this thing of well it's there and I'm entitled and it's my right and they forget that that right can be taken if you have a government like this one in place and number two if you want to nurture you need to protect it which is why you find a lot of um adverts saying you know only go to accident emergency if you have to go to accident emergency you know only access certain services if you need them because it is protecting the service, it is making sure that money is being spent where it should be spent and not wasted. Yeah. And like um, Judy said, it's preserving a great service. You don't want it to be diluted because it's being drained in all the wrong places. And then where you, where you really need support and help the most, you're lacking. Like, why would you let that happen? Like, you should think about it as like your own job. Why would you let certain things happen in your own job? Or you wouldn't let certain things, sorry, let me change that. You wouldn't, let me rephrase that. You wouldn't let certain things happen in your own job. So why would you let, let it happen to ours? And like, don't get me wrong, we all deliver a service. Whatever your service, the service is that you work for, we all deliver a service. So why would you, why would anyone want to take the NHS away? Yeah, exactly why. Like, you know, a big 72 NHS you want to come take away? Oh, no, honey. Oh, no. No. Well, I I'm mean, hoping it's here to stay for a long, long time. Forever and ever, ever. But we'll see. I hope, so. I, hope, I hope that it stays, but I also hope that we have some really positive changes. I hope we have more diversity in yeah. our workforces. I hope we have more um, leaders of colour. Yes. That nurses are more respected as like the the predominant workforce within the National Health Service. Um yeah, so I just want like the next five years, mm. which by then it, the NHS will be seven to seven, that yeah. we can look back and touch base and say, gosh, so much change in such a positive way. Oh my god, imagine when the NHS reaches eighty. That's another big milestone. Even 75, let's not even lie, that's a big milestone. Yeah, oh God, 80, Jesus. Right, guys, don't get rid of us. (laughs) 
we we need you just like you need us. Eighteen, eh? God. Imagine eighty, ninety, a hundred. It's coming big and fast. We'll blink, and you know, we 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 would have been qualified for like forty years. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Wait, let me get to 10 first. Let me get to 10. Girl, girl. But no, we love you, NHS. And we hope that the services can remain and if anything, will get better than they already are. I, yeah. I know that we're, sh- we're literally being pushed, pulled and tugged. Is that the saying? By all corners. Mm. So hopefully, like, Corona has opened a lot of people's minds into realizing like you know we need to pump more money into the nhs and protect our nhs yeah yeah mm-hmm. moving on how are you <laughs> you know what i can't even complain because life is all right it's actually okay i'm just tired mm-hmm. generally i think because of, of work essentially yeah. and as a nurse, you're always tired. Fair. I think I think there's always an element, a part of your of your body where like a percentage is always gonna have that tiredness. Yeah. And you kind of and I'm the kind of person Gigi knows me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I operate on little sleep and I'll be doing so many things in one day. Honestly, Diane is crazy. She will be would have finished the night shift, go on a full day trip, and be yeah. back on nights and would have slept for one hour. Yeah, I'm not normal, guys. It's, I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about ourselves as we're coming up. But, like, yeah, I just run on some kind of fuel. I call it the Holy Spirit because I don't know what else. <laughs> For sure, I don't know, I don't what, know else. what else you're running on. Like, what else are you right now? But, yeah, life is all right. Like, obviously, I've got some stuff in the pipeline, Good. which I'll reveal in, in our upcoming episodes. We'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's all right, you know. I'm just excited about the future. I'm excited about the next ten years of my life. You know, like what's gonna happen, what's gonna be, where am I gonna be? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm a, I'm a seven out of ten, seven and a half. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear it. And how are you? Me, I'm good. I'm Kishti. I'm just trying to figure out where my le- what my next life goal achievement is to be mm-hmm. because regardless of us being qualified for five years I've always planned my life in a certain way yes and I seem oh, to do it in five-year marks and you know mm-hmm. we're now here so just like just like Dan said and you guys will find out in due time what is in the pipelines but you're just trying to figure out what's next to come what's going to happen and in you because I can't lie, the, the five, this five years alone has come very quickly, let alone to the next. Even to think it, that we started uni. 2012. Eight years ago. Eight years, yeah. eight years ago. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, and I think that's one thing I think I'd say to everybody listening. Time goes fast and don't waste time. No, not at all. Honestly, time is of the essence. If there is something you want to see, something you want to do, something you want to design, this is the time. Do it. Time the you just you don't know. know. And I think that's anything you can take from Corona, from from the beginning of this new decade, is time went for no man. If you really? want to be 
just do it. This business of we're going to do this in five years, in six no. years. You can have a long-term plan, but make sure you're working to get to that plan every day. You need to have your smart goals, your long-term goals, and your short-term goals. Mm-hmm. And make it happen. Because no one's going to make it happen for you, honey. You need to Great. do that for yourself. Great. And make it come and, you know, make it rain, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> honestly because like like Gigi said like we we will be talking about like the five years and now obviously we're turning five in about like October-ish I think I'd say I think I'm turning where do you count it from when you got your pin or when you started working because I started working working, like August because when I got my pin like October and I got my pin that's like that's my fifth birthday that's when I was official like legal okay fair enough if I go over legal dates, then you know October we're turning a big five. I'm actually my legal, legal dates. No joke. I'm getting a five and I'm cutting cake. If <laughs> 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 you know how nursing school, <clears throat> yeah, I'm cutting cake for that because it's an achievement. <laughs> it's an achievement to, to to stay in it and be in it and actually enjoy it and love it. It's an achievement, a big achievement. And anybody that knows me. And you, you obviously you will know me, but anyone listening that knows me, I love to celebrate things. I love celebrating. <laughs> That's very true. She does. I love to celebrate. So I will want to celebrate. I want to go and get my helium five, my balloon, and take a nice picture of me cutting a cake and just <laughs> celebrate in that win. Like I did it. I'm here five years on. I'm still here. I'm qualified, and I'm a good nurse. I'm an amazing nurse. So reach it, claim it. Amen to that, sis. Mate. <laughs> boy oh boy well this this was just a quick insight we've got a lot lined up for you guys and we will get to talking about it a lot more so i'm hoping that you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend who's a nurse to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to have a listen to our podcast because we're here for you guys mm-hmm. we're here to discuss the topics you guys want discussed and we will like we we are here and happy to bring it for you, bring it forward for you. So please yes, continue to wow. I was going to say like, share, and subscribe. I've watched too much YouTube. <laughs> um, but yeah, please. Oh, I now have to do it. Please, guys, like, share, and subscribe our podcast to our podcast <laughs> on, on Spotify and Apple Music. Obviously, you already listened to us on there, but you know, I'm gonna throw it out there again. Yeah, yeah, we're here for you. We are, we are. And as Gigi said, there's so much more to come. Um, Just like a small little hint, hint. Like we have got merchandise coming out now. Girl, you went and told them the whole deal. (laughs) (laughs) But guys, honestly, like, yeah. So like, there's just so much good stuff coming. Yeah. And we can't wait. Like we're just getting started. So, yeah. yeah. And I know we're quite small and we're hoping to expand. And we just want to say thank you to you guys because you guys have been listening to us week in, week out, despite our hiatus and extra stuff. And you guys have been supporting us from the come up. So thank you. But yeah, so I think this is where we... We we peace out. out. So guys, I'm not going to say that line again because it was cringy. But no, we hope that you guys have enjoyed our episode feel free to hit us up on our socials it's jerry well me jerry you can hit me up on jelly bean 
and Diane, you can hear up at It's DD Looks on Instagram and also our Nursing Handover podcast Instagram. And don't forget, we have got our emails open, so feel free to hit us up also anytime you want to talk. If it's just to have a little chin wag or you want some support or advice on something, hit us up. If we don't know the answers, we'll come back to you and signpost you to who will have the answers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on that note, I think it's time for us to sign out. So we'll see you guys Bye. next time. Bye, guys. Take Thank care. You. Bye.